Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Dr. Jeremy Weiss here, host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Victoria, I always like to mention other episodes people should check out. Um, past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done, Michael Gerber of The E-Myth, and so many more You know, um, people who are head of operations, who are chief operating officers. And when I say that, sentence about streamlining scaling operations getting bottlenecks victoria everyone always smiles because that's what they geek out on that's what they love doing and i'm going to formally introduce victoria in a second but before i do this episode is brought to you by sweet process um if you had have had team members ask you the same questions over and over again and maybe the 10th time you spent explaining it there is a better way there's actually a solution sweet process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff and i was talking to one of the owners owen not only do universities banks hospitals and software companies use them but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations so i'm like well it's good enough for them it's good enough for me you could use sweet process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your teams or your precious times so you can focus on growing and you could sign up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. And I am excited to introduce today's guest, Victoria Petru. Uh, she's VP of operations for Wider Funnel. Wider Funnel is a leading optimization experiment, experimentation company. Their clients include companies you've heard of, HP, GM, Intercom, SportCheck, The Motley Fool, and they help make uh, help them make evidence-based business decisions. And she leads the business operations teams of marketing, finance, people, IT, legal administration, helps the company with overall execution of those strategies. And Victoria, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. You know, one of the topics that comes up a lot is culture. And so today we're going to really discuss how to scale your company culture as it grows, right? And um, one of the things I love to talk about is, um, you know, start off with just a little bit about Wider Funnel, but um, I'm, we're going to get into the annual retreat and what you guys do there and what you discovered. So talk for a second about Wider Funnel. Sure. So um, we are an organization of 45 team members. Uh, we've been around for about uh, over 13 years, uh, starting off as like a digital marketing agency, but really specializing in experimentation. So like you mentioned, we help companies make confident business decisions by implementing, developing, or scaling their experimentation programs, which basically experimentation is a systematic way of testing. So lots of companies, you know, want to ask questions or want answers to their questions. So we help them ask the right questions to uncover powerful insights to, to help them drive growth. And um, being sort of a service-based company, um, we are as good as our people. So we are very people-focused and centric. And so uh, we have an annual tradition of doing an annual retreat. Uh, Often it's off-site. I mean, actually, it's been off-site every year. Um, So we take the entire team away somewhere 
and we basically take the time to really focus on working on the business and working on sort of how we can improve ourselves as individuals. We have a big, um, I think just a mantra in the organization is that um, due to, I think, being in experimentation, we're continuously trying to improve, whether it's websites or ourselves. Um, and so the annual retreat allows us to kind of do that. How do you structure an annual retreat? That's a really good question. Um, often uh, what we try to do is predict sort of what are the challenges and roadblocks we're going to be facing this coming year. And so um, often you get little glimpses of, of friction points or challenges that the organization is having. And so you identify those into themes and then think about what kind of activities can we lead the team through in order to sort of prep them for it. The way I like to think about it is um, kind of my analogy is like if you were to take a team on a big hike, um, you would want to ensure that the team understands what they're, you know, what they're signing themselves up for so they can mentally prepare. And so similar to, I think, the coming year, um, an annual retreat, retreat allows you to do that. It gets people to really think about like and sort of mentally prepare what might the year bring. And so um, we do that with our, usually I come up sort of with a draft, um, working very closely with uh, our head of HR. And then we run through that with our leadership team to ensure that we're on the same page so that the activities that are facilitated will be able to sort of meet the needs of, of, of the organization. Do the team members have to prep anything for the retreat? Yes, often. So, um, you know, we usually try to split it up into sort of two sections or we have sort of the themes by chance in the last uh, few years have really focused on, you know, the individual, like, how you as an individual show up in the organization and sort of activities around how we can continuously improve ourselves. And then the second half is usually focused on really how do we collectively work together to enhance and um, improve the organization. So there are activities where the team members have to prepare for both. Um, you know, one year we had an activity that we did um, that was very, um, how, would I, how would I describe this? Um, it, it was quite deep and we didn't really know whether it would be sort of like a quite a eye-opening activity as, as, as it would be. We knew it would be impactful, um, but basically we had grown, um, we doubled in size at the time. I mean, we went from about 12 people to suddenly 24 people. Um, we were out in Mexico, which is so cool. We had our own villa. We were all sitting around in a circle and we wanted to do an activity where every team member would share their life story because we really wanted to ensure that team members would deeply connect. We'd noticed that when team members deeply connect and understand one another and, and sort of their histories and who they are and what they bring sort of to the table, that's when the best work can be done. It's just, you, you just, you just are able to more cohesively work with one another. And so we gave an activity assignment that everybody had to, um, in one minute or less, share their life story and they could just share. One minute or less. That's, that's probably, that's hard. It is hard. And it's really hard when you start thinking about like, what in the world am I going to share? Like I have, you know, a number of years of experience and how do I describe my life in one minute or less? It's a tough, it's, it's a tough activity, but you can choose whatever you want. It's whatever you're comfortable speaking to. And so we had gathered the team. Everyone had time to think about it. Most people did it, you know, on the plane there. And um, we started off the activity with, with one of our leaders. Um, and that leader um, in that moment decided that 
they would be incredibly vulnerable in sharing sort of the, the real life story that they knew that a lot of team members didn't know of, um, but would kind of give everyone a perspective of, of really where they come from and, and their like experiences. And it set the tone. And so as individuals went one by one sharing their life story, people actually started throwing out their scripts that they had, you know, prepared and really just spoke from the heart. And it was the most powerful activity I've ever been a part of. I felt more connected to this group than I've ever been connected to any other group in that moment. Um, but what was fascinating was at the end of the activity, majority of the team was like, wow, this is unreal. I can't believe we were able to get this deep as an organization. And this was actually like a work experience because I really do feel like I now understand and am more connected with, uh, you know, my colleagues than I, I've ever been before. Um, yet we had a few team members that were very uncomfortable by the concept incredibly uncomfortable so much so that um you know took some of our leaders aside and said that was absolutely unacceptable why did you guys do that and we're like do what <laughs> um and we had this moment where as a leadership team we had to think about you know how does this align with, with the values that we have as an organization and one of our values is being real that we seek and share truth with humility and that doesn't mean you have to share everything but you know you are more open to being able to do that and that's sort of how you lead yourself through life and so it was a real critical moment for us as an organization because that was the moment that we realized we can't please everyone we have certain values as an organization and it's really up to you know people to identify whether that it's for them or not for them so yeah it was a fascinating experience yeah i could see how leaders setting the tone is really important for everyone and i can see how you weave in different core values into whatever you're working on um so how do you navigate that so that's let's say the person you know they're hired probably they do good work they're probably a good human being but maybe there's several values that they don't align with with the company how do you then navigate that um as a company or with that person um once they say that maybe they're like this is terrible i'm totally uncomfortable i don't you know want to do that um what do you do then it's a really great question um and i don't think there's one great answer for it i think it's like multiple um sort of multiple methods that companies um have to try to take to see whether they can basically be able to attract sort of you know individuals with the values that align with the organization, because ultimately, I think uh, an important, you know, component is that, you know, values are what you stand for as an organization. And they're not something that people can buy into. They, they're predisposed to holding them. So they're either in a person or they're not, and they can't be coached. So the key is to actually try to find people who share these values. So after that activity, it became really clear for us is like, how are we like, what's our interview process? How are we actually bringing people in? Um, is there any room for improvement there? Because these, like you mentioned, these can be great people, they can do their work, but on a day-to-day -day basis, they're questioning sort of how they fit in and whether they align with the behaviors and the decisions that are being made in an organization. And the importance of it um, is 
sort of the concept that if you have a number of team members in your organization, they're making decisions on your behalf like constantly. You want them to in order to be an effective, effective company. You want your um, team members to be empowered to make those decisions for you. And um, one of my favorite quotes is that the value of an organization is the sum of its decisions. And so if you have a number of team members that don't align with your values and they're behaving and making decisions that don't align with them, then ultimately the value of your organization is not going to be as great as it could be. So it really does start with, um, with your hiring practices. So um, many years ago, we adopted um, top grading, um, uh, the method by, I think his name was Brad Smart, um, which is a really thorough interview process. And through that interview process. Yeah, it's a great book, you know, how to, how to hire and, and cultivate a organization of A players. Yes. Exactly. And I know the CEO, Chris Marceau, actually, they're based out of Chicago here. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely great book, great organization. Yeah. And through their method, I, I don't even know if they actually quite speak to it, but through their method, you really can see someone's previous patterns. And so um, in their previous work experience and through those patterns, you can start seeing whether those align with the value, like whether that individual is living the values that your organization has. And or like whether, you know, things came up that didn't align with your values. Um, and so that became really clear for us is that we need to ensure that like in our interview process, we're able to really look at every single one of our values and see how does this individual, how is how, how are we confident that this individual like actually is predisposed to holding these? Um, and then afterwards, when you bring an individual in through your onboarding process, like, have you done everything you can in order to repeat um, at least seven times? That's sort of our going principle is that someone's not going to absorb something unless they've heard it seven times. So in your onboarding process, have you repeated seven times or like the importance around your values, what they are, what the like going behaviors are within your organization? And as the individual is going through their journey in your organization, do they actually see them? Because if they're just, you know, if it's just writing on a wall and you're not, um, you're not confident to actually fire someone over not living a value, because that's really tells you how important it is to your organization, then it really isn't a value. It's just writing on the wall. I want to talk about the journey, Victoria, because we, we almost started at the end of the, you know, which I, I thought it was a, a great illustration talking about the annual retreat and, you know, and you can go to widerfunnel.com slash culture and actually check out, you could see on there, um, there's different pictures, there's different values listed as, you know, people can see real, we seek and share truth with humility um, and all the information is there. And, but demonstrating it through the best is sometimes when it's not aligned and what are people, what are people saying or seeing? And so I want to back up and kind of start from the beginning of the journey, which is the interview process and then going into the onboarding and integration. Mm -hmm. So what do you have in the interview process now um, so that it helps you to scale your company culture as, as you grow as a team? Yeah, so um, we have a, I believe it's five step interview process. I lose count how many steps it is because there's so many. Um, so we start with uh, similar to top grading, the screening and then the top grading interview, which thoroughly there we can map out sort of how the values align with the answers that they're provided. 
Um, from there, there's like a thorough team lead inter uh, interview with the team member. So team leads are able to then also assess sort of whether this individual um, aligns with the values of the organization. And I mean, they're, they're also looking at the competencies, but they're looking at behavioral and technical competencies of the individual, whether they can meet them. And then there's also a team, um, like a team interview. So now we bring not only HR, the team lead, but the entire team to be able to create that assessment. So at that point, you have at least seven people being able to vet out um, whether this individual is aligned with the organizational values. And then lastly, um, if we can, we do actually a last interview with our CEO. And our CEO, you know, understands our values better than anyone else because it really does stem from, from you know, the top in that sense. Um, and so, you know, at that point, you've gone through such a vetting process that, you know, it's, it really is not often that you will get someone that comes in that, that doesn't align with, with your values. I love it. Mm -hmm. And um, so from an onboarding perspective, so they go through the whole process as far as interview process, yeah. then how do you integrate it into the onboarding? It's a great question. So we um, do intros to every single team. So um, in the first week, the individual literally logs into their computer and everything is scheduled out for them. So they have a pretty smooth first week onboarding where they meet every single leader of, of a team to understand how that team operates. Um, both, I would say, technically and behaviorally. So we have our, our HR does a pull out people and culture onboarding. So overview of like the company's history, the values, what's really important, what's our core purpose. So the individual is really understanding through already that sort of the flavor of the organization. Um, I also sit down with every new hire and do an overview of how we operate and the importance of how we op operate, which is also in that we embed sort of how um, one of the important um, one of the two big values that we have is Maverick and curiosity. Like Maverick, we dare to challenge old ideas and curiosity, we learn and improve always. And so through our operating processes, I show sort of team members how they're going to be involved in, you know, daring to challenge our old ideas and how, you know, they're involved in, in learning and improving always. So it's almost like the expectation is being set by what their contribution is going to be through to each of the areas of the business. Yeah. What's interesting is um, it's t like if it's ingrained in someone, let's say person tends to do those things like Maverick, for example. Yeah. Is it tough or do you find situations where you know, they come from a company culture where maybe it's the opposite so that they're almost afraid to do those things, even yeah. though you're saying, hey, this is how we are. How do you help someone? get them comfortable when they're maybe, maybe the past, who knows, five or 10 years, they've been in organizations where that is not the culture, even though they're okay with it. So it may come out as they're not challenging things, but they may have just had that experience. That's a great question. Um, and, and that can happen because if, if an individual comes from a very corporate environment and joins our team, it usually is a little bit of a culture shock in that, in that sense, even though they might have, you know, we know deep down there, we're like, they're aligned this way. Um, 
And so for every team member, we ensure that they have a weekly one-on-one with their lead. Um, and that's also pre-scheduled. So they come in, they do their onboarding, and then on a weekly cadence, they're connecting with their team lead. And often that's where it shows up. That's where the team member is like, you know, they sense how um, open and I think vulnerable and transparent their lead is, that they're more open to also um, kind of be more open around where they, where they're, where they stand. And so I've had a few team members sort of speak to me in that sense that they're like, you know, I'm not used to, you know, challenging ideas because in my old organization, if I did that, that would be, you know, really like looked down upon. And so it's almost like building the confidence of the individual of under, for them to understand, like, you know, your I, the reason we hired you was for your ideas. It is to add value to the organization. If you're not going to, then you're not adding any value. And this might feel very uncomfortable and different, but let's work together on how we can gain confidence to get to a place like that. And it, and it takes time, I would say, but it's sort of a joint effort. And um, I've seen a lot of team members be able to bloom in that way and be able to contribute to something much greater than themselves than they've ever experienced before. And, and that's the moment um, where you really get a spark, where you get a spark and you get this sort of like, I would say, um, you, you, you end up being able to dive into the full potential of an individual. Victoria, I want to, do you have a checklist for that lead um, or, or something that they go through? Because I could see how you need a certain emotional intelligence to maybe recognize that person's holding back, you know, go, Hey, like I could see you're holding back. You, you could be challenging these things. Is there something that they go through or do they have a check? It's like, okay, I need to make sure they are kind of hitting these things. And maybe you see common patterns with, um, you know, kind of onboarding people and making sure they are, even though, you know, deep down, they have that culture that they, actually fall through with it is there some kind of i don't know checklist that people go through we have prompts i would say because every team member is so different every team lead likes to lead differently so we don't want to create too um i've always tried to offer in a way like yeah try to create guidelines that could be helpful and supportive but not necessarily in a way that that's just followed because ultimately we're just it's the outcome that we're trying to get to and how leads get to that is is really sort of up to them. But yeah, we do have some um, support systems in place. So one thing is that we, you know, for the size of the organization that we're, we are, which is quite, you know, small, we do have a full-time, you know, HR function. Um, And so after the first week of onboarding, HR does meet with the individual and that usually some things are uncovered there. And then within the first three months, we have a full out annual or sorry, a performance review um, where, you know, there's a number of questions where the team member is asked to sort of reflect on their experience in the last three months, sort of how it's been. Um, and then we have a 360 feedback that is submitted by anybody that that individual works directly with. So usually there- we At 90 days? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. 90 days. And then we do one at the year mark too. So during that time, you know, it, you can cultivate a discussion around that. In addition to meeting weekly with the team lead, we also have um, one of those weekly meetings becomes really a monthly focus. And that monthly focus is really on the personal connection between the team member and the team lead. Um, and they reflect back, the team member is asked to sort of reflect back on the last month 
and think about sort of what is going well, um, what are some of the challenges, what are some of the roadblocks, and looking at our values, how have they sort of you know, displayed our values in the last month or what values have actually challenged them. And so through this sort of like, I would say like very open framework, um, those kind of discussions can get cultivated. And um, it's also where I've found that it like creates a space for me as a lead to be able to speak to a team member and, you know, call out the fact that, you know, I've noticed when you were doing X, Y, Z, when we were tackling this, you know, you seemed really timid around sharing what you truly think. It wasn't until later that that came out. How can we bring that out earlier? Why are we holding back? Um, and it becomes a really, I would say, beneficial discussion. And that's sort of how you start making those, uh, I guess, making those changes to help that individual become more comfortable. I love the idea of having that 360 at 90 days, one year, because then it's it's almost kind of in the process, people know, okay, you're going to be getting this feedback and it, it creates that open line of communication as opposed to, well, just it coming out of the blue. I'm curious, any examples in the past that has been, I don't know, harsh criticism, but just like, sometimes it's hard to take criticism. Um, and whether it's put even in a nice, gentle way, right? Um, what was an example of a conversation you had to have with someone that maybe, I don't know, because of the personality or because of whatever the feedback was that it may have been, uh, you had to navigate it carefully. Yeah, that's a good example. And that does happen. Um, and I think there's a few parts to it. One is ensuring that the organization understands how to provide valuable feedback. So it isn't just, you know, a line of criticism, but it's like, how is this actually helpful and supportive to the individual that's receiving it? Um, so that's something that we have done actually at uh, a few of our retreats is, is thinking about how to provide valuable feedback. And so we've used the SBI model, which is training the team members to think about what was the situation, what was the behavior that the individual um, exemplified and what impact did that have? Um, and that way it takes away sort of, you know, the, the nasty narratives and yeah, that can, that can come to be sometimes, um, where you're just assuming that someone had a certain intention and that's probably why they did it. It's like, no, let's just narrow it down. What was the situation? More factual. Exactly. So, um, it starts with that. Um, and so we're lucky that a majority of the feedback that we do receive in our 360 surveys are, um, quite actionable and, um, I would say are valuable for, for the team member. So even though it might be really difficult to hear, um, you know, they team members understand that it's for their benefit, for their growth. Um, so I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess now reflecting on it, I haven't had any, you know, blindsided moments or something difficult because up to that one year anniversary, it's like, the team member is meeting with their lead every single week and then every month for that sort of more deep dive conversation. And when you have a culture that is really based on this SBI feedback, um, and, you know, in a lot of companies, radical candor is like a really, you know, it's a great way to go about it as well. Um, it, it just becomes embedded as, you know, it's just, an, it's just another it's part in of the, In the DNA. Exactly. It's yeah. not a surprise. Yeah. No, I could see that because I, I could see that maybe some organizations, they maybe only do a yearly review or six month mm -hmm. review, but in your case, this person's meeting with the team lead all the time. So it's not 
a surprise, even if it's a 360 at 90 days or a year, it's not like this is like, oh, here's what we're finding there. It's yeah. a progression over the whole year, uh, mm -hmm. many, many touch points and many times. Um, I can totally see that. So I love you that you went through this journey, Victoria, kind of in reverse. We talked about the annual retreat and how you do it as a team, but also how you integrate it into the interview process and the onboarding process and then into the ongoing review process in general. Is there anything else that we didn't mention that would be important about how to scale your company culture as you grow? I think, um, I guess the last thing to sort of think about is how, how is your culture? So the behaviors that you're trying to instill and, you know, the values, which are your guiding principles really embedded in the processes that you have. So another area that I think has been really beneficial for us is thinking about um, when we're doing our any of our strategic planning and our annual planning as an organization, um, we've been able to sort of embed our values in that um, from like really early on. Um, so we adopted years ago, the operating model called traction and uh, it's- yeah. I've talked yeah. to Gino Wickman as well, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's an incredible book and, and system, very simple, easy to, to implement in any organization. And I think the benefits, the benefit it had for us is that um, the system ensures that team members are really, really have a voice and are adding to the organization's direction. And as a result, you're creating alignment within the organization of moving towards like a shared goal. Um, so that's been really beneficial for us is every year when we go through our annual process, our strategic planning, we actually send out a company-wide survey that's both quantitative and qualitative for, our, for team members to complete. It takes over a, an hour and a half to, to complete for team members, but they understand that their input is, is being taken. And so when they see the annual priorities that the leadership team identifies, they see directly where it's coming from because it comes from that survey. And then it also comes from the other areas of traction, which is they've seen the data of, you know, how we're doing as an organization, they're contributing to that data. Um, they have their weekly meetings within their teams where they're really talking about sort of the, the key topics and challenges that the team's going through. So nothing comes, I think the, yeah, the, the big theme here is, is that nothing should come as a surprise because they've been involved all along. And um, in an organization where, you know, we really believe in everybody's, you know, everybody should bring value to the organization and everyone's perspective should, you know, should, should be heard. Like we're all people. Um, this process actually speaks to that. It's like walking the talk. It's not just saying that, but then it's like, you have an avenue and then we hold you accountable to that avenue because if you're going to submit sort of the feedback of like, Hey, we should be doing this as an organization. And then that set as a priority, chances are you're going to be working on it too, which is really cool. Victoria, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate this. It really gives me and, and the audience a clear picture on how to scale your company uh, culture as it grows. And I want to encourage people to check out widerfunnel.com, check out more episodes of the Process Breakdown podcast and check out Sweet Process. And thanks, Victoria. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown podcast. Before you go, quick question. 
Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my